Um, last in our series today on uh, the verse from Colossians, the hit series. Uh, let's just have a look at that verse uh, from Colossians 3 verses 12 through to 15. I won't read the whole verse out to you, but over the past number of weeks we've had a look at little sections of that, bit by bit by bit. And this morning we're focusing on the second part of verse 15. Jess spoke to us last week about peace. Verse 15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. For as members of one body you are called to live in peace. And the very last sentence, the very last bit, is our focus this morning, and always be thankful. So that's the focus of our time this morning, and always be thankful. Before I go on with the message, though, I just want to uh, mention Kevin Deal. Kevin and Janice are members of our congregation. They're not here this morning, which is why he's given me permission to talk about him, because if he was here, he probably wouldn't do that. They're in Darwin visiting uh, family. Now, in Kevin's backyard, um, he has an observatory. Kevin's a very keen amateur astronomer. And he had this idea to build an observatory in his backyard. It's not one of those round ones. It uh, sort of comes off the pool on the pool deck and looks like it could be a bit of an outdoor cabana or something or other. But uh, Kevin and Jeff constructed this over the past 12 months. And the roof does slide off at the push of a button. It's pretty high tech. But Kevin has um, some amazing telescopes in there to look at the stars. And I was over there um, one evening a few weeks ago. And uh, the telescopes are actually not mounted um, in the observatory. They're mounted on concrete blocks in the ground. So uh, independent of the floor, you can walk around his little observatory and bump the floor. And it doesn't bump the telescopes. They're on stands. It's high-tech sort of gear. Um, the telescopes are on the stands, but they have a special mounting that uh, he can just punch in something on his computer and the telescope will automatically find that star and uh, he can observe those stars. And uh, what Kevin loves to do is um, focus on constellations and take photos. And we actually have a few photos of uh, what Kevin's been taken. So Kevin took that photo. He said I could show some photos this morning. As I said, he's in Darwin and he won't get embarrassed. But uh, to take those photos, um, Kevin was explaining to me that it might be hundreds of images that are taken and then they're superimposed over each other on the computer so that you get the colour and the clarity. Um, and of course, while the um, computer through the telescope is taking these photos, um, the Earth is moving. And so there's a device on his telescope that means the telescope's tracking where the stars are, despite the movement of the Earth. Um, and it can take 15 hours or so to take some of these photos. So that's what Kevin does in his spare time. So when he's back from Darwin, say, hey, Kevin, great photos. Great photos. But the, uh, the point of all of this is not done just to give Kevin a big pat on the back because he's a very clever person, but to realise that his telescope has to be focused in the right place. You're not going to get those sort of results if the telescope is, is pointing in this direction or as the Earth's moving, it's not keeping up with the rotation of the Earth and so forth, or if you don't get that time exposure that you need, the multiple images and so forth. Our verse, and always be thankful, 
I believe, helps us to keep God in focus. And that's the very simple point that I want to make this morning. Where we're instructed and always be thankful, thankfulness brings God into focus in our lives. I could finish there, but uh, there's more. (laughs) That's the key point. Thankfulness brings God into focus in our lives. As we've been looking over the, uh, that verse from Colossians, I started this series by saying that a lot of what's in that verse reminds us to be intentional in what we do, intentionally clothe ourselves with forgiveness, humility, gentleness, intentionally make allowance for other people's faults, intentionally forgive, intentionally clothe ourselves in love. And I think that's something that I want to emphasise again this morning. We have to intentionally be doing some of these things. Jess reminded us last week, she taught us that peace comes from being obedient to God. And I think thankfulness comes from knowing God. So if we're really going to be thankful in our lives for all that we have, for all that God does, and that's going to be the focal point of, uh, of our lives, then we have to know God. I want you to imagine this scenario. I'm sure it's played out around hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes in the nation every day. We have children who are packing to go and visit a friend or stay at grandma's or have a sleepover with somebody. And... Mum or dad is saying, don't forget this. Have you got your toothbrush? Don't forget your towel. Have you got a pillow? Have you got your teddy bear? Have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got this? And the child's putting things in there, packing to get ready. And as they're racing out the door, mum or dad will say, and don't forget to say please and thank you. Parents are probably very uh, aware, yes, that happens. That's how it goes. But in this verse where we're told to always be thankful, that's not just a tack on. That's not just a, oh, as you race out the door, don't forget to be thankful. Yes, forgive, love, be kind, be humble, do all those things, and don't forget to say thanks. It's not that kind of thing. And if you look at just that verse or that passage, you might think it is that tack on, that end little bit. There's all these instructions that Paul is giving about how we should live our lives. Oh, and by the way, don't forget to be thankful. But it's not just a tack on. That expression is actually actually used six times in the book of Colossians about giving thanks, being thankful. If you look at the whole book, you realise it's part of the theme that is going through the letter to Colossians. And of course in the Bible there's many, many more times where we're reminded to be thankful Nor should being thankful be seen as a have-to. I have to be thankful. I heard a speaker recently giving an example of uh, of that. Um, He gave the scenario of coming home and greeting his wife after a busy day and giving her a big kiss and a cuddle, telling her how much he missed her and how he looks forward to coming home every afternoon and having time with her. And uh, she's saying, oh, that's really sweet, honey. What brought that about? 
Well, when we got married, there was a document and it was telling me what I should do. And point number 56 was to say thank you when I get home. That would certainly kill the moment, wouldn't it? Well, I have to. That's sort of one of the conditions of being married. And saying thanks to God isn't a have to. It needs to be something that's spontaneous, comes from an expression in our heart. Have you ever had someone give you an unexpected, heartfelt um, expression of thanks for something that you weren't expecting? And it really is uh, a warming thing, isn't it? But if we come to God to be thankful, in a sense that is begrudging or I have to or because the Bible says, then uh, it just becomes a religious activity. It's got to come from our hearts. So what have we got to be thankful for? I think so much of our world can cause us to focus our telescopes away from God. And at times we can miss the bigger picture of who he is, of what's happening in our lives. Perhaps it's a a little like the story of the man who was in the butcher shop and uh, as he was waiting to be served, a, a dog came in. And uh, this dog had a, a wallet in its mouth with money in the mouth. And it sort of walked past the man and put the, the wallet on the counter. And uh, the butcher looked at the dog and looked at the wallet and said, Oh, did, did you come to buy something? Woof, woof, said the dog. <laughs> so the butcher said, Oh, uh, okay, um, do you want sausages? <laughs> do you want, want some chops? <laughs> Steak? Woof, woof, woof. Ah, the butcher said, oh, and, and what sort of steak do you want? Um, rump steak? Um, T-bones? Woof, woof, woof. Oh, and, and how many kilos? Like half a kilo? A kilo of T-bones? Woof, woof. So the butcher got the meat and wrapped it all up and took the money out of the wallet and the dog very cleverly held the, uh, the parcel of meat and the wallet off. He trod it. And the man who was watching this thought, this is, this is amazing. I'll, I'll follow this and see what this amazing dog can do. So followed the dog and it went around the corner into a, a block of units and this little paw pushed the elevator button and, and the man got in behind and the elevator went up. It, uh, it opened at the correct floor. The, the dog went out. The man followed and the dog started scratching on a door, on one of the unit doors. And uh, someone opened this door and started yelling abuse at the dog. And the man who'd been following said, oh, hang on, mate, this is a very, very intelligent dog. And the man said, intelligent? It's the third time this week he's forgotten the key. <laughs> Missing the point. And that can be what it's like in our life too. We miss the bigger picture. We miss the point. And our telescopes are focused the wrong way. And we don't see all that God is doing And don't see who he is in our lives. Let's make sure our telescopes are focused. First on salvation. We can thank God for salvation. Colossians 1, 12. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Despite whatever is happening in our lives, we can thank God for that inheritance. Thank God for that gift of eternal life, that we have salvation through him. Another thing we can thank God for simply is his love. That his love is there 
and it's constant. In 1 John 4 and 8, we read, Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We can be thankful that God is love. In Psalm 36, verse 7, says, How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. So there's two things we can be thankful for. For salvation, for God's unfailing love. There's another thing. Psalm 36 verse 1 reminds us that God is good and he's unchangeable. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. He doesn't chop and change. He's not hot and cold. One day yes, one day no. He's always the same. And Hebrews 13.8 reminds us of the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. We can thank God for these things. No matter what is happening in our lives, we can thank God for these. But we can also thank God for what we have, for what he's given us. James 1.17 Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens, even the stars that Kevin takes photos of. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So do you realise everything in your life that's good, your family, your home, your jobs, all the things that you hold dear are gifts from God. We can thank him for those. Sometimes we tend to focus on what we don't have. I wish I had this or I wish I had more of that. But let's not forget to thank God for what we do have. Another thing we can thank God for is what he does in our lives. It's not on the screen, but just make a note of Psalm 30. I won't read the whole psalm, but I'll read out little parts of it. This is David talking to God. I will thank you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. You restored my health. You brought me up from the grave. You kept me from falling. Your favour lasts a lifetime. You made me secure as a mountain. You have mercy on me. You turned my mourning, that's M-O-U-R, into joyful dancing. You clothed me with joy. And Psalm 30 finishes, O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So the things that God is doing in our life, the work that he's doing in our life, the way we're being challenged and learning and growing, his mercy towards us, we can thank God for all of those things. Now those things aren't, of course, a definitive list. You could look through the Bible and you could find dozens more things to give thanks to God for. So if there are so many reasons to thank God... Why are there times we fail to do this? I'd like to look at a uh, passage from Luke chapter 17. It's a story of uh, ten men who had leprosy. Starting at verse 11 and through to verse 19. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there... 
Ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were all cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Now the Bible doesn't tell us why the nine didn't come back, why they failed to give thanks to God. So I guess we're only speculating. But I'm trying to imagine what it would be like for them. Leprosy, of course, was a disease that caused someone to be a social outcast. It's contagious. And so if you had leprosy, you could not live in community. You could not live with your family. You could not sleep in your own bed. You could not do your job. You could not see your children, see your parents, see your brothers and sisters. You are at the outer end of the town, and that's where you would live in the leper colony. So I guess being healed of that would be absolutely life-changing, to be included back into community, to be with the ones that you loved. It's what they desperately needed. And I imagine once they realised they were healed, they were just keen to get on with their life. And that's a great thing to do. But being caught up in our own world, even when things are going well, can cause us to forget to focus our telescopes on God. To forget to acknowledge who he is. To forget to thank him for all the things that he's done to us. I don't know, maybe they were just too busy. Maybe sometimes we're too busy. Or maybe life isn't going so well and it's hard. And we can't see that we have anything to thank God for. But whatever the reason, let's make sure that we're not guilty of the same. We're not guilty of being caught up in what's happening in our lives that a telescope is not focused on God. But the one who did return to say thanks, this brought him into a deeper relationship with God. He understood who Jesus really was. He got it. In verse 15 of that passage we read, it says that they were healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. The word healed is also used in verse 17, where Jesus said to the man, didn't I heal ten men? And the word healed is also used in verse 19, your faith has healed you. But the three times that word healed is used has three different meanings. That sometimes happens when languages are converted from one to the other. We just use the word healed. But in the original, it meant three different things. In verse 15, it meant to mend or repair, where the man realized that he was healed. He was mended. He was repaired. It was a medical term. What was broken is now fixed. What was wrong is now righted. In verse 17, the word means to to remove impurities where Jesus said, didn't I heal ten men? 
And it's actually, in Greek, a word that our word catheter comes from. A catheter, of course, a device to help remove impurities from the body. But the word in verse 19 where Jesus says, your faith has healed you, the word actually means saved. And that word in Greek is used to describe someone who's survived a dangerous situation, such as a sailor who's survived a fierce storm. They've been saved. That word is also used for the safe arrival of a new little baby. That word has been saved. And that word is used when the Bible in the book of John describes the coming of Jesus. He will save them from their sins. So that word is much deeper than the other words healed that have been used. So Jesus pronounces a wellness deeper than just physical healing over that man who came back to say thank you. The man got it. He knew who Jesus would. He understand he understood him. He turned his telescope to focus on Jesus. All through the simple act of taking a little time to come back and say thanks. Certainly the other nine were healed, but only the one experienced that real fullness of Jesus. And that's what an expression of thanks can do. It deepens our knowledge of who God is and what he does for us. As I finish, I want to think about what a life that is always giving thanks looks like. What does that look like if we're someone who's going to be that kind of a person? Well, I think there's two things there. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I think someone who is always giving thanks to God will have an attitude of gratitude. That they will look to see how grateful they can be in a situation, not the faults they can pick with it or the shortcomings that might be there, but they have that attitude of gratitude. Now, sometimes that's hard. In Psalm 50, the Bible talks about making thanksgiving our sacrifice. And in Hebrews 13, it mentions a sacrifice of praise. And we know that the word sacrifice means to give something, and it really really hurts to give it. It really means something. It's not just throwing 20 cents into a donation box somewhere. It's putting in hundreds of dollars, and we feel the sting of that. We know that uh, a sacrifice can be difficult and costly, but is more meaningful. I think we need to realise that sometimes thanksgiving takes an effort, but that's when it's most real. That's when we deepen our understanding of who Jesus is. In 1 Thessalonians 5, the Bible says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. We know that verse, but do we live it? It's hard to give thanks in every circumstance. But if we go back to those things about God, his salvation, his love, his faithfulness, what he's given to us, what he does in our life... If we focus our telescopes on him, even in those hard times, there is something there that we can be grateful for. And 1 Peter reminds us that we can be thankful even in trials because that builds our faith and strengthens who we are. Being thankful helps us to remember that God's in control even in the tough times. We can focus on him.
And I think the second thing that we see in someone who lives that way, always giving thanks, there's the attitude of gratitude. And I think the second thing is what comes out of our mouth. In Ephesians 5 verse 4, the Bible says, Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. As we speak as we relate to each other, as we express what's happening in our life, coming with that is their thankfulness to God, expressions of gratitude and faith to him. Colossians 3.17, just a few verses after the end of the passage we've been looking at says, and whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So as Christians, we're representatives of God. But what kind of representative are we? Are we someone who draws people to God because we're thankful and we're expressing that thanks and people can see that God is a good God through the way that we're living our lives? Or Are we a representative that causes people to look for a plan B? As we finish up this morning, give some thought to your telescope. Where is it focused? It's pointing somewhere. You can't never have a telescope pointing at something. But is it focused on God, who loves you unconditionally, offers you eternal life, is good, gives us good things? He's there to pick us up, to heal us and restore us. Or is it focused on ourselves, where life just seems challenging and confusing? Maybe we need to take time to reprogram our internal guidance computer so that we can just push the buttons and the scope will track down God. I wonder, are you more like the nine who got what they want? what they needed, but were so caught up in their own lives they couldn't take time to say thanks? Or are you more like the one who got it, who understands who Jesus is and went into a deeper relationship with God through the thankfulness? Do you want to know how to be thankful always? It's a challenge, but do you want to know how? The answer is also in Colossians Colossians 2, chapter 7. And I said at the start of the message that I believe thankfulness is knowing God, knowing who he is. This verse says, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth. That's that knowledge that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to see that our lives are just overflowing with thankfulness because we know God, because we know the truth of him, because our faith is growing, because our roots are growing deep into him and our lives are being built on him. Let's pray. Lord our God, we give you thanks. So many times we come before you in prayer with our needs and we know that we can do that. But Father, this morning we come before you with hearts of thanksgiving 
Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are unchanging, that you are faithful, that you are good, that you give us good things, that you work in our lives. Father, I thank you for this church, for these people who gather together to worship you, to want to learn more about you and grow in their faith. Father, I thank you for all of the ways that people in this church are impacting the community, for the story that Jess shared about last night, for the work the church does in the community, for the ways that the church members support each other through hard times. Father, we are so thankful for so many things. Father, I pray that we will be representatives of you who are known as being people who are thankful. That we won't go around with the weight of the world on our shoulders, but we can lift our heads life, heads, heads high all through life and praise you for your goodness, for the things that you do. We thank you, Father, and we love you. Amen.